afternoon, good morning, good evening, good day. Welcome back to another episode of RC Stuff powered by Hobby Wing. Once again, Charlie Sawanka here with Mr. Mike Chen. Mr. Chen, good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Mr. Chen and I are actually getting ready to go to a street league race. When you guys are listening to this, Mr. Chen and I will be hanging out at the street league race. And uh, hopefully... Mr. Chen will be winning some races. If not, I'll be mocking him profusely from the sidelines. It's, uh, there, I feel some mocking coming. <laughs> I'm excited because we're going to be uh, at the flight test facility. I get to run cameras. We'll be able to talk about that here on the podcast. And you'll be able to see all the fun stuff that we get into on the next, hopefully, the next episode of The Charlie Show on the Hobby Wing official YouTube channel. Um, this episode we're going to talk about some uh current truck rc stuff some drone stuff and some new stuff from the street league as well because mike is very involved in that but we're going to save some of that for the end and as a friendly reminder each and every episode we do give away some free rc stuff a hobby wing system a combo of some sort goes out to an, a listener each and every episode and as we state in all of our posts all you have to do to find out how to win is to listen to an episode. So we're going to cut to the chase and tell you how you can enter to win. Send us an email. It's very easy. Mike, what's the email address? RCStuff at HobbyWing.com. You want to include your name, your address, your T-shirt size, what kind of RC stuff you're into. Every once in a while, uh, we get emails from people that do not include any information. They just say, enter me to win. And we're like, it's... The rules are you got to include your name, your address, your phone number, your T-shirt size. You want to type in your email address and tell us what kind of RC stuff you're into. Um, Jordan's always said, tell us a story as well. And I agree. I like reading about people's RC stuff because I read all the entries that come in. And also, if you have anything that you want us to discuss, you have questions, even if we've already talked about it before, maybe you don't want to listen to all the episodes and find it. We can bring stuff up again that, that are popular topics and answer some questions, discuss whatever you want us to. And that's kind of what today's episode is about. I had a very interesting conversation at TDS about a couple topics. And one of those is one of the tuning aspects of the speed control. The other one is a lot of things that people do to their RC car that they think is fine or normal, but you really shouldn't be doing it. And then of course, a couple pro tips because we were helping a lot of people fix rigs and there was a couple things they'd never heard about before and it was just stuff that came up in conversation. So um, I guess we'll cut to the chase. In our XE run series of speed controls, people always ask me, how do you say it? I just say it how the letters are. There's an easy run. There's an XE run. There's a quick run. So XE run, that's the racing stuff. Uh, the XR 10s, the XR 8 series of speed controls. There is a feature called softening, and there's two of them, softening value and softening range. And using these can be very helpful in fine-tuning the throttle feel if you're in a high-powered, low-traction situation. Um, the first time that I ever used softening was when I started working at Hobby Wing. I got to race the Reedy Race, and I was racing modified touring car on rubber tire at the Tamiya track in, well, what used to be the Tamiya track in California. And... My touring car, it's four-wheel drive, slick tire. You know, you, you assume there's going to be tons of traction, but re realistically, there is a little bit of uh, finesse to driving these things around, and I didn't have a lot of that finesse. So I turned the softening value in the range all the way up and slowly backed them down until I got to a point where I could drive the car correctly. And I still ended up using quite a bit of softening because we, I think we were running a 4.5 motor, 
and it was, it was very fast. I remember saying every time I got off the driver's stand, this thing's ridiculously fast. So these softening values change not the top speed so much. I mean, a little bit because you're not accelerating as hard. But what it is, it's the initial throttle response. And it allows you to have sort of a current limiter or a power reducer, if you will. And there are two values to this, or two settings, if you will. One of them is called the softening value, and one of them is called the softening range. Now, the softening value is how much power you're going to take away. And it's the higher is more, obviously. I hope that's pretty easy to understand. And the softening range is where there's more confusion, I guess you'd say. Um, this is where the softening applies in reference to zero throttle. So if you have it set on its highest setting, let's see, I have an instruction manual at the ready here. The softening range goes all the way up to 75%. So you can have it basically applying a current limiter until you get to three quarters throttle. And hopefully by then you don't need any more softening. Uh, but generally speaking, I tell folks to start, if you're trying to figure out how to use these, you turn the softening value all the way up, and that's adjustable in degrees from, oh, wait, let's see here. I'm looking at the wrong line again. The, uh, yeah, the degrees from 0 to 30 in one degree steps. So you can really fine tune it. And I always say start with that one all the way up because you don't know how much power you want to take away. So might as well take away all of it, and then you can easily add it back in. And the range... 50%, generally speaking, you start at 50%. That way the current limiter turns off once you get to half throttle and you should be able to deal with that pretty easily. For some folks, if the track's very, very loose, crank it all the way up. That way you can kind of ratchet the throttle around on the bottom end and have a little more, I guess, usable throttle range, if that makes any sense. Because a lot of times the cars feel so fast that you can't really use a whole lot of the throttle and you're just babying around on the edge of the trigger or the throttle. And that doesn't give you a lot of usable range. So this setting allows you to kind of open that up quite a bit and get the car kind of up to speed before it really gives you the berries, so to speak. So softening is one, I think, that is uh, unique to the Hobbywing lineup and something that a lot of folks don't have experience with. So uh, it's the quick and dirty on it, if you will. But it's, it's a pretty straightforward set of settings to use. And especially for modified stuff, it can be very helpful. Um, I want to talk real quick about the Blinky changes. Recently, there was a, several months ago, I guess, an update to the XE Run series of speed controls for Blinky Class Racing. If you don't know what Blinky Class Racing is, it's zero timing, uh, electronic timing racing that ROAR, the sanctioning body, BRCA, and all of the international sanctioning bodies have for spec class racing, the higher turn stuff that you don't get to use any electronic timing from the speed control. Softening is a form of kind of reverse timing, and for a while, people were able to use this to their advantage in spec class racing, and it would sort of limit the temperatures and allow them to run crazy end bell timing and uh, some tall gear ratios. So eventually, the sanctioning bodies figured out that this was not a good thing to allow because it was basically a, a, a not correct. I don't want to say breaking the rules, but because, you know, it was approved. We were running it that way for a while, and it got approved over and over again. So this most recent update was they decided it's no longer allowed, and they took it away. Lots of people were not using it. Lots of you know, there was, it was a thing that a lot of folks didn't even know was an advantage in spec racing because you looked at it as taking away power. I was one of those people. I was informed of this after the update happened, and people were like, oh, now we can't. I'm so, anyway, but that's a, what a lot of that was about for this, this Blinky update. So any of the speed controls that had softening had this uh, update applicable, if you will, and to keep things simple, the, blink, the blinking 
changed a little bit. So instead of a, a steady slow blink, it turned into, I think, six, six rapid blinks, a pause, and six rapid blinks. Maybe it's eight or nine. I, I can't remember exactly. But the blinking changed. So if you're a blinky class racer and you're at a big event and they tell you you got the wrong blinky mode, that's what they're talking about. you got to go do the update, and then you're good to go. The one that I ran into, we would have people at a race that were not updated and older speed controls like uh, Legacies or G2s, they wouldn't update very rapidly because of the protocols that were there. So we couldn't get them updated while they're coming through tech. So I went over to tech and with the programmer showing the tech guy that, hey, the softening value is not on. So he's you know running a legal speed control, even though the blinking's not correct. And then we would update it later. And, you know, generally speaking, when this happened, these weren't like, you know, top competitors. It was just dude trying to do his qualifier. So it, w- it was fine, so to speak. Um, but we got everybody updated and all of that worked out. But if you're ever at a big race or somewhere where there's local club racing and they are doing blinky tech, it's something that you may want to know about or at least bring up with the race director so, so they're aware. And if they have questions about that, give them my email, charlie at hobbywing.com. And usually, like, even on weekends, I could try to help them out with stuff like that. But that is a little bit about softening and time in advance in general, blinky stuff. Um, if you do have more questions about how all that works, you know how to reach me and Mike. It is directly through uh, rcstuff at hobbywing.com, and we can discuss it more here on the show. And I, I tend to reply to those emails as well. If you guys have questions that I can answer quick and easy on an email that don't require a paragraph or a conversation like this, we'll generally shoot you back and answer right away. Ah, Okay. Next up, my favorite topic. I, I, t- I titled it as This Ain't Normal. <laughs> We're standing around and you plug in your battery, turn your car on, pick it up in the air, go full throttle, full brakes, full throttle, full brakes. Right? It seems like a normal thing to do. Some people, that's a very normal thing to do. I'm like, you really shouldn't do that. It's really bad for the, the, the electronics for one and the vehicle for another. Running the motor without the car on the ground or you know, ramping your throttle super hard like that gets to RPMs that the vehicle never sees. So the bearings spin way faster than they're ever supposed to. And you're also applying a lot of brake at a very high RPM, which creates a huge voltage spike through the system that can prematurely wear out your power capacitors, cause some, uh, some harmful situations for your speed control. And that RPM is definitely not good for the rotor and the bearings in your motor as well. So you definitely want to try to minimize that. Also, if you run into a problem, like an electric car is not like a nitro or a a thing with a carburetor, where if it's stuttering or hesitating or doing anything weird, that you just keep giving it the gas. Like I see that all the time. And then that speed control is broken because of whatever was wrong, sensor wire, motor, whatever the case may be. So instead of having one thing to fix, you now have two things to fix. So just be wary of stuff like that. Like full throttle is not the solution or the way to, you don't have to warm up, you know, your electronics or anything like that. So the full throttle, the full brakes is always a bad deal. And uh, in general, most of the go fast rigs, like higher, higher KV stuff or the lower turn modified motors, um, you're not going to need a hundred percent brake from your speed control. And very much why a lot of them default to the brakes turned down for, modified motor safety so keep that in mind like if you get on the brakes and it's way too much and you find yourself barely using the brakes turn the brake power down it'll help keep things alive a lot longer and you'll be able to get more usable range of your brakes as well because generally speaking most of the cars like i said in modified have way more brake power than they need spec motors maybe not so much the high turn uh lower kv stuff doesn't have the braking power just like it doesn't have the horsepower the brakes and horsepower are kind of directly related Um, and that's why some of the speed controls have these new 
150% brake ranges to kind of help with that. So like the new X or the XR10 G2S, and I think, don't quote me, but I believe the stock spec got the update for that too, but I could be wrong. Um, but brake power, keep, keep that in mind. Um, <clears throat> next on the list is the Servo Buzz. If your car or truck is sitting either in the air or on the ground and you turn the wheels all the way left or right and there's a big, huge buzz when you get to the full lock of the steering, and look at your steering rack and make sure that you're not like overdriving the mechanism of the steering, the caster blocks, if you will, and the servo's not pushing on the bars, stretching your servo saver, bending, twisting links, or putting pressure on that. That can be very bad for not only your servo, but your speed control. The speed control has a BEC inside of it that is powering your receiver and your servo, if you're a racer, your transponder, and that buzzing can create uh, it, well, what it is, it's the servo stalling, and you're going to be drawing way more power than you should be, and it heats up the motor in the servo and heats up the BEC, and over time, all that temperature gain turns into added current and less reliability. If there's a big hard crash, BEC super hot like that, servo gets smacked real hard, there's going to be more back-feeding voltage and bad times for all of those components. So keeping your endpoints in check, and even if your car is sitting around on your bench or if you're on the line and you hear the servo buzzing while it's sitting there, like at neutral, pick the front end up, set it down again. A lot of time that buzz goes away, give the wheel a little wiggle. Stuff like that just helps keep your servo in much better health longer terms. Uh, and same for your speed controls. helps because the BEC spends most of its time... Uh, Replying to the demands of the servo. Uh, so, good one to uh, keep an eye on. Check on a regular basis when you change your trim on your radio to keep your truck going straight. Those endpoints are going to kind of shift around with that. So, it's good to check those time. You know, every once in a while, a little fine tuning here and there goes a long way. And um, same thing for just driving the rig around. You get your uh, steering links mushed on. They're plastic links with metal and all that. So stuff moves around. You get a little stretch in the plastic. It's a normal thing to have to kind of check on that every once in a while. And I think it goes unlooked at often. So keep an eye on the servo buzz. And then the one that Mike and I run into often in the uh, tech support arena is the motor voltage and the speed control voltages not being in perfect harmony or matching directly. Uh, personal get a speed control that's rated for 4S, but that comes with a motor that's only rated for 3S. And it can be very misleading, confusing, um, downright wrong in some people's opinion. But what it comes down to, you got to go with the lower voltage rating as what you're going to set that, that rig up for. If your speed control is rated for 3S, but you have a high KV, like 2S motor, like 4,700 or 50... 100 kV, even like a 4,000 kV, I think is more of a, a 2S only motor for the most part. That's where that motor is going to be most happy. Um, so keep that in mind when you're picking out a new system or even what, what you're running right now might, might be a double check because a lot of times you can get away with it in a lot of applications running a motor a little bit over voltage depending on the gearing, depending how you drive it, that sort of thing. I get a lot of folks that tell me, well, they say online that they do it all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, have you seen the dude drive the truck? Like how hard do they drive it? Like how long do they run it? What are they doing with it? Do they drive as hard as you do? That's maybe 
a lot of folks think that they're driving their RC car real hard, and then you take the radio from them and show when it's really capable. What's like, oh my god, I didn't know it could do that. I'm like, yeah, that's why you're not overheating because this is how people drive them. So, something to keep in mind that uh, voltages of motor and speed control not always going to be happy. And, and another one that I, I run into a lot with these is they want to get a system that runs on two different voltages. Like I got this Trexus slash, I got two S and three S batteries. I want it to run awesome on two S and I want to run it awesome on three S. And it doesn't really work that way. Unfortunately, you're going to get it to run either awesome on two S be kind of hot on three S or awesome on three S and be kind of slow on two S is the general way that that's kind of always going to pan out unless you make gearing changes or some other, you know, e-speed control setting changes, stuff like that. Um, it's doable. You can run like a 3S setup that goes pretty good on 3S. is nice and comfortable. Pop a 2S in there, change the speed control timing, or maybe change the motor gearing, and it's going to be similar speed and be, you know, okay on 2S. But some folks don't want to deal with all that. They more of the idea, just want to swap batteries and have it be a little faster on 3S. It's, it's not, that's not something that's going to be realistic depending on how hard you drive it, of course, if you take it easy, sure, maybe. But for the most part, I haven't had a lot of good times taking a 2S motor and running on a 3S. So, so gets into the wall faster. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. Or melts the plugs together faster or shuts down faster, stuff like that. So that's uh, my, 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 my hot topics of this ain't normal that I took from talking to folks at, at TDS and stuff like that. So, not just that, but daily on the customer service lines, we get those same topics. Um, and then next up on my list, because I made a list, is my pro tips. And this one are more kind of like, um, I guess, install-related topics, I guess, would be the, the, the way to go. And just maybe some information, if you will. Now, get right to it. Power capacitors plugged into your receiver, or what I call receiver filter capacitors. These are super helpful. If you, whether you think you need a receiver capacitor or not, and basically what it is, it's like a speed control power capacitor that has a receiver, or a servo plug on the end of it, and it plugs into any of the open slots on your receiver. And what it does is it helps your speed control's BEC do its job, regulates the loads. Uh, helps provide power when the servo's got surge situations. And generally, because these BECs are switching, it just helps keep the power cleaner, makes the BEC run a little bit cooler. And like I said, helps provide power to the servo. Um, makes transponders a little bit more consistent as well. If you got a track that has a sweeper before the start-finish line, I've seen people miss laps because of stuff like that. So we pop a receiver capacitor in there, and that helps. And what I've told a lot of my buddies is for years, racers always ran receiver capacitors back in the day. So um, you could find them. They're called receiver filter capacitors. They used to call them stutter stoppers. Some of them are just called receiver caps. So if you're a racer, you got high-powered servos, or even if you're not, you just want to make your speed control live a little longer, uh, BC-wise. The power capacitors in the receiver are a big benefit, in my opinion. Um, a topic of basic tech, motor direction. Some folks never think about this, but since the dawn of RC cars, they were direct drive. There was an axle with a gear on it and the motor with a gear on it, and they turned each other. And to make the, the motor was on the right side of the car, or the gears were on the right side of the car. And because of this, the original default direction of motors was counterclockwise. And some of that was because the motors they were using came out of other applications. And the, to make the motors go faster in one direction, a motor has mechanical timing. That mechanical timing may, means very simply that it goes faster in one direction than the other. Not just that, it runs poorly in the other direction. So RC cars have notoriously, since the, their, their history, had 
uh, counterclockwise direction motor. So most of the modern day vehicles have stemmed from that. And most of the electronics for years, that's all they really had to worry about was that the motor ran counterclockwise. Fast forward to within the last probably five, 10 years, vehicles started getting goofy transmissions. Crawling started to realize that the direction of the transmission could make the car handle better or worse for this torque twist situation. And for even for the racing applications, they started running motors opposite rotation to help with traction stuff. So if you have a vehicle that needs a reverse rotation situation, you want to take into effect what you're dealing with. You can't just switch the radio. You can't just use reverses forward. It's not going to drive correctly. You're not going to have brakes, all sorts of stuff like that's going to happen. Censored systems require special settings for this. Sensor lists, you can generally just do some motor wire changing and away you go. Um, we have lots of that on sensorless. My, my pro tip on sensorless is you use your middle wire from the speed control to the middle wire of the motor every time, and you use the outside two wires to dictate the direction. You cannot do that with a censored setup because of the sensor wires. You have to have a setting in the speed control that changes the direction of forward or what we call motor rotation. And this also accounts for because a censored motor has timing in it to make it run better one direction or the other. The speed control has offset to deal with all of that. And so there, there's other, we have videos on that and we've all, they have other podcasts about that as well, but that's the quick and dirty on motor direction and how that all works. Um, the other one is that if you adjust timing, end bell timing on your motor, there's mechanical timing in the motor, the direction of that changes. So if you run the motor backwards, more timing is actually less mechanical timing that you can't do anything about that. But a lot of our motors are marked for that. So nothing to worry about. <sighs> Take a breath. And finally, when it comes to motor sizes, especially in the Hobby Wing lineup, the number on the motor is the size. We have 3650 motors, 3652s, 3660s, 3665s. There's 4268s, 4272s, 4274s. The list goes on and on. And these motors all are aspect ratios, much like uh, what you call a standard motor, a 540 motor, a 550. It's the diameter and the length. That's why a 540 motor and a 550 motor are the same length or uh, same diameter. They're just different lengths. Those numbers stand for some sort of magic combination. And in the international side of things, these motors did the same thing. 36 is the diameter, 52 or 50 is the length, and those are in millimeters. And all of our motors work kind of that same way. The first two digits are the diameter in millimeters. The second set of digits, usually it's two, but some of the motors have three digits, are the length in millimeters. And that's the outside can size. Um, so you'll find that same method kind of true through a lot of the international motors and it makes it kind of easy to figure out what's going on or if you have a motor that you you know don't know what you need to replace it with you can get your 999 harbor freight calipers out put some calipers on it and get an idea what your stock motor size is and which hobby wing motor you need to go with for a replacement so motor size pro tip and next up, drone stuff. I think that this one is something that a lot of people didn't realize happened in any manufacturing process. You know, you have a disclaimer on your package that says products can change at the, at the drop of a hat because we know what we're doing and we know it's best. And this is one of those situations <laughs> that sort of happened that the not only did we have updates to our drone uh, speed controls, the 4-in-1 45 amp and the 4-in-1 65 amp, the flight control got some changes, the F7 convertible, and it got a gyro update. And the number letter soup 
is the MPU 6500. And as it turns out, this is one of the most desired gyros right now. And we're one of the only folks that have it. So the new, pretty much anything that you're going to find on a shelf for the last many, 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 many months, to my knowledge, had this update done. It was done before the packaging or the information or anything got changed. So the MPU 6500 is apparently the Primo Betaflight Gyro right now. Am I right? Or am I wrong? I think I'm right. You're pretty right. I'm pretty right. I like Mike's very technical. I'm, it, for depending on what sort of you're into, it's the jam. <laughs> Is it grape or what kind of jam? <laughs> Drone jam. So mm. that brings us to um, our final topic here. We, Mike and I, are going street leaguing this this weekend. While you guys are listening to this, like I said, Mike and I will be at street league. So. Mike informed me at the beginning that he has some street league news for us. And uh, I, I, I think Mike, I, I told him not to tell me cause I wanted to be surprised. So Mike, tell me, tell me the street league news if you can. Well, it's not really news, but I'm going to, I'm going to hint at something. Okay. And all I'm going to say is that uh, we're, we're uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Sky has uh, been working very hard on a, our version of the the street league version firmware for and uh if you watch the live stream you will find out about how you basically get to play mario kart while flying while racing drones now dude that's that's all i'm gonna say mario karts and street league i I feel like we'll be able to shoot each other (laughs) not quite not quite that 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 somebody else is already doing that ah okay but I'm more so thinking of different aspects of Mario Kart is what I'm uh, hinting at right now. Oh, okay. Okay. I like it. I mean, besides, besides shooting shells, what else is there in Mario Kart? You get to Come drift. Come on, Charlie. You get to drift. Okay. You get to do okay. huge drifts. And that could be very cool. I like drifting. But? There's jumps and shortcuts. Okay. When's the la- you can tell I play a lot of Mario Kart. Obviously not. Oh, come on. Dig, dig deep, Charlie. Shells, drifting... The power ups. Oh, you get power ups. The turbo, the turbo lanes. Ooh, turbo gates. You guys are gonna have turbo gates. I don't know. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to watch the live stream and find out. You get to push to pass. Oh man, I like. I like the sound of all of this. So, all I can say is that. Wait, we which watch- live stream? The one this weekend? This weekend's live stream. Oh, we, fantastic! We're, 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 I'll get to be we there. Are, we're announcing it this weekend. Ah, sick. I get to be there. So, yeah, you get to you get to be there live for the announcement of of uh this thing that we did. <laughs> We've been testing it. It's real fun. Awesome. I like the sound of that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about it. And uh if uh if, if anybody's listening and you're curious where to watch the live stream this weekend, it will be streamed on the Street League YouTube channel. It's Street League Spec Drone Racing on YouTube. And uh, you should be able to find the link to that also at the Street League web- website, which is streetleague.io. I will also put a link for that in the description of this podcast to make it very easy on you in case. Ooh. I don't want you to have to click too far, but I'll, I'll, I'll go find it for you and I'll put it on there. At least a yeah. link, link to one of those things that he mentioned. I'll all send right. it to you all so that way it's all there. Sick. Come watch Charlie at the live stream. Yeah, 
I'm gonna. I'm willing to bet they'll let me announce some races. Usually, I oh try yeah, to, the places usually let me announce races. They don't. They, they don't know. <laughs> uh, we're not gonna go there. Shh! Don't tell anybody. What? And uh, bef- we are getting to the the everyone's most favorite part of the show. Mike, what 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 happens at everyone's favorite part of the show? Mm, hang on, let me take a poll. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Oh yeah. Giving out some RC stuff. RC stuff. Free RC stuff each and every episode. And this week's winner, I think Colorado has been on a hot run lately because this also from Colorado is from Grand Junction, Colorado. Mister Chris Lancey. <laughs> Lancey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, you do you know this guy? Nope. Okay. I'm just more so laughing at your. You, you just sounded very unsure at the end there. Well, it's hard. It's, uh, it's Lance. Z, it's got a Z in it. I never had to know how to say the Z, but he did good. He buttered up, buttered us up. He says he loves hobby wings. They're the best ENC and ESCs and motors around. We agree. We agree. So Chris, Sorry, we'll Charlie. be in touch. Uh, hopefully, maybe by the time you hear this, you'll be getting the email that says you're the winner. So, congratulations, Mr. Lancey. You didn't congratulations. tell Congratulations. Oh, no, it does say right here. I missed it. He's in a drift car. So perfect. I like this. Song. Nice. Awesome. Um, Mr. Chen, I think that's Ooh, the end of have, my list. Can I have one final remark? Of course. So when you when you send in your entry to win some free RC stuff, if you have a hard a weird name to pronounce, maybe spell it out phonetically for Charlie. There you go. That's a good pro so, tip. So we so we don't break them again. That's a, that's a good pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I was totally having a flashback to my announcer days when I would just murder people's names. I'm like, I'm a I'm a name butcher. I'll be making side cuts of your name all day long. It's terrible. All right, folks. Uh, I want to make a friendly reminder that James is still fast. I almost oh, you beat me to it. Yeah, but beat me to it. I was (laughs) (laughs) got him. All right, folks. As always, thanks for tuning in. Another episode of RC Stuff, powered by Hobby Wing. We will see you all next time. Bye.